Welcome to Happy Today podcast. This is a podcast for those who want to improve service experience of internal services. If you use ServiceNow or other enterprise service management system, then this is for you. In this episode, you know these numbers are are excellent. Um, they they really are above our above our baseline that we want to be at, um, and we will continue driving them upwards. Hey, welcome to this event. Uh, today we're talking about Refinitiv's story and uh, how they started to leverage employee experience and uh, you know the practical things that that uh, Mark and Neville did, and also how you formulated your experience level agreements. But yeah, uh, Refinitiv uh, is currently using ServiceNow as the ITSM platform, and uh, basically, let's hear the story, Mark. How did it all start? So our story started um, in October 2018 when I um, joined a group of our leaders uh, in in Bangalore visiting one of our service providers. And I was asked upon the stage to talk about how services. Um, everyone else had these really glorious presentations and I was armed with nothing, uh, standing in front of 300 or so uh, of our service providers staff looking down at me in the, with the lights on, uh, expecting me to talk about service. And and it made me think a lot about um, on my feet about what was happening and what I'd already learned from my visits to people over in Bangalore from our business. And what I was being told was, um, if we go to the next slide, yep. um, was that we have we have too many incidents. I mean that was obvious by our own reporting, and it's very. It's very interesting when you say too many instances because what is too many? It just felt more of a gut feel about there was just too much stuff going on. Um, my team were telling me that they were spending 60% of their time handling escalations um, from, from our colleagues across the business um, with, uh, with our service provider and internal groups as well. So I knew there was a problem somewhere there. Um, we had um, an awful lot of targets and, and reports which were all blissfully beautiful and green. Um, you might want to call them watermelon reports, right? Because they were all yeah. showing lovely and they were all the old sort of vital metrics of measuring time to do this or time to do that. Um, we, had, we had some very interesting uh, reduction targets, uh, typical, you know, this is fairly normal across the business and across different organizations, sort of 10% improvement year on year and things like that. We had all of that in place. Um, but we weren't. We, we still had this huge backlog of incidents, too many incidents, and we weren't really asking our colleagues how they felt. Um, I say we weren't. We were, but in different ways. We were probably asking the wrong people the right questions, and in, in other parts of our of our of our teams, we were asking um, the wrong questions to the right people. If that makes sense. Yeah. So we we really were in a state of of knowing there was a problem, but not knowing exactly what that problem was. And how to address it? All right. And uh, then you had this like a kind of a totally new approach uh, hmm. about a- actually asking. So. Yeah. So, so when I when I first joined the, the specific team I was in four or five years ago, uh, I attended a few of the service forums that we were having, and we were literally telling them how 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 they should be feeling. We we were bringing up lovely reports and pages and pages and pages on slide decks of of data. But we were telling them. We weren't really asking them, how are you feeling today? Um, 
And it's only when we started working with one specific or a couple of people from from our service provider that we come up with this tagline of how can I help? And um, I don't have the T-shirt with me today, but we we, we had T-shirts made with how can I help on the back, uh, all in the same color. Uh, so people knew exactly as, who we were as we tried to sit and locate ourselves with our staff, with our colleagues. Uh, obviously, that's difficult right now. But at the time, we, we put our service managers and our support staff right next to our employees in, in several of our big locations. And that's amazing. It's just like uh, 15 minutes before we started this recording, my colleague was here and I was listening to him his phone call and he was suddenly like, so how can I help? <laughs> <laughs> and it's the easiest thing to say, right? Exactly. It's And it's so powerful when you say those words. Yeah, um, asked, it it asked changes he, the whole perspective. And he said that that's, how, that's just how, you know, the good way, how you get to the, to the actual re- root reason. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, So when we thought about how we made things, how we were going to make things better, we did start meeting people. Now, obviously, that's very difficult right now, but um, but we can still do it virtually. We did sit with people. We visited a lot of our key stakeholders and, and talked to them. We listened a lot. Uh, I, I said before that we have two eyes, two ears, one mouth, and we sort of used them in that in that in that ratio. Um, and we did start asking them more about how can we help, but we didn't want it to be um, an IT problem. It, it 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 was partly an IT problem, but. We wanted to make it feel like we're all in it together and all working the solution out together as opposed yeah. to being dictated to from one side to another. We'd had enough of that. We'd seen that before where we were telling people we were now working together and asking and working together on it to fix. Yeah, and that's, that's a, also when you have multiple vendors and you know many parties you know, making this <clears> like a corporation, not starting to say, okay, it's your your business to actually make it better, but it's like everybody can contribute. Exactly, exactly, internal and external teams. And it wasn't it wasn't, all a problem in one area that you know when tickets are being moved around different parts of the groups then then you know you have to work together in a different way yeah. to make things better properly all right so what did you do then so first off um we we cut out the noise so we we started thinking more of our colleagues than than our metrics um we we already, already knew that our metrics were telling us one thing but the, our employees and colleagues were telling us another um we started getting rid of this 10% reduction here, 10% reduction there. And we sort of aimed for an instant reduction because we did feel that, you know, if you have to raise an instant, then you're already on the back foot. You've already got an unhappy person to, to some degree. So we started out with a massive instant reduction target of 80%. Um, I was laughed out of the room when I mentioned 80%. Um, and as we come back later into the slides, we'll see how we achieved on that. Uh, we reviewed and simplified our metrics. We went down from 40 measurements um, down to about 10, um, of which employee happiness was one of them. Um, and we simplified them. We we got rid of all the conflicting ones. We got, we kept the supporting ones, but got rid of the conflicting ones. And we started thinking less about priorities in my area that I was in at the time. And this is this has been replicated to some degree in other areas, where we just said, you know, when when I raise a ticket with my online service provider for something at home. I don't care if it's a P123 or four personally, yeah. it's important to me. Um, and I want it fixed really quick and I want to hear about what's going on. Um, and outside of major incidents, we had we had different priorities, two, three, four, five. Um, but actually we didn't care about them anymore. We just said, let's try and fix 80% of our issues within one day, and preferably much quicker than that. And uh, again, we 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 moved from 25% within one day in this specific area to about about 60% um within 
within about a year. Wow. So, so that changed the whole perspective because suddenly you're doing things quickly. Yeah. And it changed the whole mindset of the staff of the of the engineers to, you know, I have to do things in a different way now. I can't I can't simply wait. And not that they were doing that so much. They didn't mean to wait three days into an SLA, but you know, it, it made them think on their feet much more. Yeah. We started um, surveying all of our all of our colleagues. So um, we, I started it in Excel and, and Outlook, uh, an email, sending off uh, notes to uh, I think it was five thousand people in the end, uh, five thousand um, cases over the space of about ten months. Where I was asking them at the end of a ticket being resolved, you know, how did we do? Just give us a zero to ten score and tell us why if you can have you have a bit more time. We got seventeen hundred responses back over ten months. And that and that gave us enough of a pilot to say how can we work with uh, Happy Signals, for example, mm. in this case, to to automate this so we don't have to do it manually, um, and that really helped. So so surveying everyone all of the time, um, it, it definitely helped us. We could get a real feel for how things were going. Yeah, we we sat our support team and our service managers with with um, with key groups of people. Um, I told you we wore the t-shirts. We really did uh, the blue blue and white t-shirts with how can I help on the back. We formed new communication channels. We used Teams a lot. We created working groups. We we opened up daily daily calls, daily half hour calls where anyone could join to ask about anything they wished. Um, we allowed people to because we found not all incidents were incidents. They were uh, knowledge gaps, or you know the tool probably wasn't, or the system wasn't as intuitive as it needed to be. So we allowed people to communicate in and ask a group of people a question before they raised a ticket, and that helped with the knowledge. We did a lot of learning sessions uh, with various people across the world and we and we reviewed our server provider agreements and we we expected change we expected employee happiness to be a factor in what they did and what they measured um which was a real change we never we'd never done that before can i ask like um, uh who has nowadays access to to the happy signals the employee experience data our service providers do uh, our service managers do um, and we also use the live the live screens as well in certain areas, which in the okay. global service desk, sorry, now virtual support desks, um, where you can go and visit them. So basically, anybody so, kind of working around these topics can anyone, see. Yeah, we didn't we didn't lock it down. So if anyone wants access to it, they can, um, and and that's how we worked with it. Yeah, and we've actually got quite a number of internal service providers using it as well now. Yeah, cool. exactly. Yeah. And it's become a real change. So they they initially we obviously focused on our external service providers. And now, like Neville said, we've, the internal pe- people are coming forward and saying, can I have some of that? Can I see some of that? Because they see the very simple reports we send out monthly, and now they can sort of see the benefits to this. So we're working with, at the moment, three or four different teams internally to, to improve their employee happiness. Perfect, perfect. Well, um, Pulled your socks up. Sorry? Pulled our socks up. Yeah, yeah. we did. So so we had we had an awful lot of uh, age tickets, um, which which weren't helping the situation. We, we, we put a lot of effort into, into reducing that. Um, the service managers co-located. Uh, let's say we opened up these daily calls. We did a lot of training. Which we 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 come up with a sort of support first. You know, forget about the numbers. Support first, um, and and giving service first, and that how can I help mentality. And we changed our hours of support in some areas. So we we made sure that our hours of support that were not always like this were were in line with the colleagues' working hours. There's no point having someone having a group of people covering 24 by five if support in some cases are not available 24 by five. So we changed all of that as well. Okay. Okay. So basically three ingredients for employees. Exactly. So, so we, we found through our, through our, um, through happy signals and also through the manual surveys that I was doing for, for 10 months that there were themes coming out. Um, 
on both ends of the happiness scale. So if people are really happy, um, we tend to hear they were happy because things got fixed quickly. Uh, things got fixed first time. They were talked to. They were told about what was going on. There were common themes in the positives. And guess what? When you flip it to the detractor schools or the people that are unhappy or not as happy as you'd want them to be, it's the same thing, really, that, that they weren't communicated to very well during the beginning and, and the end of the of the incident or the or the request. We didn't get it right first time. I had to explain my case several times or it just took too long. Yeah. So these things, these three ingredients, we focused heavily on these. Um, we had um, the external service provider open up. So as soon as a ticket come into their into their queue, they would they would contact the the employee that had raised the case and say to them, "Hi, my name's Fred. My contact details are these. I work these hours, and I'll be dealing with this issue for you." And then they they carried that communication on throughout and encouraged feedback at the very end of that by again by email. Um, they would say, you know, please, please, you will get a survey. Please populate it and let us know how we did. And again, encouraging that feedback because that's how they wanted to learn. So these three things were key to us, and I think it's a common theme that we see across the board cool. uh, in many, many spaces. Yeah, and I pulled out some data from from Happy Signals, so we can look at it in the in the end. Actually, how Perfect. these are visible in the real numbers. So from the real feelings from your end users. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Results. Okay. So the output. So so you'll see in the top right hand corner that you know our instant volumes come down massively. I told you that we had historically these 10% targets and uh, we went for 80%. We didn't quite hit that. We hit 60%. You'll see that little hump there in March. Yeah. That was when we moved to our uh, our current version uh, instance of service now when we had some duplicate tickets being raised. Um, but again, we analyzed the data. We spoke to people in working groups because it's our, techni- our technicians knew what was going on. They knew the main issues, but actually it's important that you talk to the to your colleagues to say what's important to you. You know, these things that these little things that keep coming in that scratch your surface really are like a death by a thousand cuts. And and you need to talk to them about what they want fixed, not just what technology you want to fix. So those working groups were very powerful to us. We agreed what to fix. And, and like I said earlier, they weren't all instances or knowledge gaps. There was um, process gaps and so forth. But we did significantly reduce that by about 60 percent. And we continue to, to work hard to push those numbers down because we honestly feel that. You know, the less the less people have to raise tickets, the happier they will be. You know, ultimately, you know, before you even get to the surveys, right? Um, the employee feedback you'll see from January to October, they they were my. We started off at forty four point five MPS score. Um, we we were making a point of of um, surveying as many of those resolved tickets as we could. Um, we moved to Happy Signals in October. And suddenly we were able to survey a lot, lot more in terms of instance and requests, not just instant tickets. Um, we made a point with with the service provider in the area that I was in that that they would go back to to contact the employee who rated anything from a zero to six score to find out what happened. Um, our service managers would govern that that was happening and making sure it happened. And you'll see that you know the number the number has been regularly above seventy seventy five for a long, long time now, and it continues to today. Uh, Neville will, will share some of the, the numbers in, in the end-user compute area in a second or two. But, you know, these numbers are, are excellent. Um, they, they really are above our, above our baseline that we want to be at, um, and we will continue driving them upwards. Yeah. So we won't really, stop. Really awesome. And I think also thinking about this whole year that you've started this approach, how can I help? I mean, 2020 hasn't been an easy year for employees <sighs> in other way around. So, so having no. this kind of approach... I bet has been like also, you know, felt really good for the employees. 
It, it was, a, as Neville will talk about in a moment, it was a pretty much a perfect storm year, really, for <laughs> how bad it could have been. Um, and, um, and and I think, you know, for, for a lot of effort, this isn't easy. And, and I'll, I'll reiterate that this isn't easy. You have to spend a lot of time on this stuff. Um, you can get good rewards out of it and good outcomes. Yeah. Okay. Then, uh, Neville, uh, you, have a, you have a service called End User Compute. Uh, tell a little bit about that and... Uh, also the kind of the journey that you started with that one. Yeah, so, 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 so within Refinitiv End User Compute is effectively our, you know, our end user IT services. So it's laptops, desktops, Microsoft Office, telephones, video conferencing, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, so, so Mark really started our journey with thinking about employee experience within Refinitiv and then we had a, um, a, a contract renewal decision to take on our prior service provider, around the middle of 2019. And um, so we started looking at what, you know, what have we done in in what was Mark's space in the corporate shared services area and looked at what, you know, what do we need to do to transform our end user compute experience for our employees? And, and you know, we, we designed this slide to look the same as Mark's previous one, because, because you know, frankly, when we looked at it, we, we were pretty much looking at the same issues, cool. you know, so, you know, large number of, of, of tickets, um, we had a, a, a beautiful watermelon SLA. You know, every time we sat down with our service provider on a monthly basis, most of the metrics were green, but you know, that was very not the service experience on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, you know, and in some cases, we you know, classic watermelon, we just weren't measuring the right thing, or we had the bar set too low. Okay. So on our employee survey score, you know, a seven was considered good performance. You know, and obviously when, when we get to MPS a seven, you know, is is a is a passive. You know, so so, so we so we were measuring a we, we were looking good, but you know, frankly, we weren't. Um and, and we had no real strategy. I think the key point is for how we're gonna make this better from you know reducing the number of tickets, getting age tickets under control, getting escalations under control. So, so we we had a lot of noise in the system. And, and really, the the opportunity we had to change the contract and, and work with a new provider really helped us. Yeah, and like it, like you saw here that that you started to transform this vendor SLA. Yeah, and, and you know we, we and we did, and we, and we and we sat down and thought about you know that there are two key outcomes the business wants us to achieve with this change. You know, one was the, almost the inevitable. You know, we want it to cost less, you know, year on year. But you know, but but you know, we really wanted to. And our chief executive was and is passionate about that, around making Refinitiv the best possible place to work, you know, from an employee point of view. So, so we had a, you know, a clear mandate from that point of view. And yes, so, so, so when, so when we looked at, you know, what experience level agreement do we want, we really focused, we tried to keep it as simple as possible. So the key thing is, 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 was and is, you know, employee engagement, customer satisfaction. So, you know, we decided to use MPS as our primary measure for that. Um, and then we really wanted to focus on transformation. So, so you know, really, really focus on automating tickets, reducing the number of interactions that our end users have to to, to deal with and suffer, and, and 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 shift left. And you know, shift left. You know, frankly, for us, is more about cost reduction and you know, reducing the cost of the service over time. And yeah, and then you know, and then we then we sat down and and yeah, carry on. Yeah. And, and then and then we sat down and looked at. What are the outcomes and behaviors we want? So, so what do Refinitiv, what do we want our, our Refinitiv users to experience and what behaviors from the service provider do we want to, to have, you know, as a, as a result of that experience level agreement? Yeah. So I think um, that automation is really powerful because uh, sometimes if you only focus then only on the NPS, 
then you keep those services that are very easy to handle so that you get a lot of 10s and 9s, like password resets. But if you take, could take those away, yeah. it kind of means that the, the happiness might go a little bit down because you're taking big mass yeah. of that, that thing that you can automate. But I, we always say that you, know, you should automate. If, you, if there's something that people don't really lose a lot of time and you get really high satisfaction, then automate that one. I think the ones that you had listed there is like, yeah. Really yeah, and it's interesting because we've inevitably been focusing quite hard this year on on first call resolution. Yeah. And you're right, you know, we're, we're, we're doing some technology changes to reduce the number of password resets and reduce the number of tickets. And both us and our service provider are expecting the MPS to reduce, yeah. you know, as we get through into next year because we've got less tens as a result of quick quick fixes at the service desk. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. Why, that's why I think it needs to be this cooperation again. So it's not like yeah. like you are, uh, you know, giving sanctions for them so that they automate stuff for you. But ultimately, they are still starting to provide a better better service experience for the end users. Yeah, and one thing we're also trying to do with the automation because we're just about it literally just deploying at the moment some self heal technology on all our laptops is have the self heal technology raise tickets. And then if there was an interaction with the user, actually send the user a survey to say, how did you find our automated experience today? So we can still get the MPS. Exactly. Yeah. So we're hoping to get some, you know, some tens from that approach as well. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, just a couple of other points on the, on this particular slide, you know, we, you know, it, you know, inevitably because we're using service providers, we're an outsourced environment, you know, we, we, we have the concepts of service credits within our contract, and we, re, we really wanted to, to get those right behaviors from the vendors. We really focused those service credits in a couple of key areas. So I mentioned transformation before, yeah. you know, so, so, so we want to, drive the vendor behavior to, to automate as much as possible and implement self-heal. And then we want to, and, and user happiness, as we call it, you know, is the number one metric in terms of service credits. You know, that, that is the, really is the be all and end all for us okay. in terms of what we're trying to do with this experience level agreement. All right. Then actually practically going uh, to the experience level agreement. So what did you said there and what were maybe the, you know, practical difficulties or, you know, it was probably wasn't like an easy thing that you did it in a, in a day or so. Yeah, and it, and it has been challenging because yeah. you know a lot of the items on the screen here we weren't measuring previously. So, 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 and, and literally, we were on, in a conversation with our service provider yesterday about this. You know, some of these we are still baselining. Yeah. You know, and 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 it hasn't really proved a challenge for us because the service provider is very very flexible, which is one of the reasons we 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 chose them. But but it but it does mean th- things like request fulfillment, which sounds simple, the more we get into it, because what we've really wanted to do with request fulfillment is is focus on the request types that matter to the company rather than measuring all of them. Because yeah. with our previous service provider, we had a watermelon because they were really good on the request types that didn't matter, but not so good on the rest. And it was always green. So this time we're looking at what's the top 10 from that point of view, but, but getting under the covers with that around specific tooling challenges around when do we stop the clock and, 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 and how do we cater in managerial approvals and that kind of thing has been far more challenging than we thought. So, so, so yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, it's been a, a challenge and, and figuring out how to manage measure shift left. Yeah. It's been an interesting challenge, you know, how do we, how do we, and, and trying to figure out which we haven't got to yet, how do we measure whether somebody's using a self-service article and whether that was successful or not is, 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 is far more challenging than we thought it was going to be. 
Sorry for the screen flickering. There's a little bit automation here, so there's like an auto. Oh right, changing. okay. That's why it always goes. So, so yeah, I think uh, I would need to remove the automation here a little bit. But yeah. So yeah, the big four. You you have those one on the left. So employee happiness, incident reduction, shift left, and automation. And like you said, just trying to still figure out how some of these things would be measured. And then you also have some other pain points. And uh, in the end, I'll, I'll kind of highlight also like like the ticket bouncing. How does it get, you know, when it goes from one team to another and, and, you know, you know the end user is kind of like, sorry, let me connect you to the next person type of situation. So, so Yeah, and, and ticket bouncing for us is still a challenge. I mean, um, you know, we, we have a higher ticket bounce rate than the rest of Happy Signals customers. Yeah. Um, uh, and we are working very hard, you know, with Mark is is leaning into that quite heavily for us at the moment. And, and a lot of it is to do is between our, our external service providers and our internal service providers. And that's where we're trying to work hard to, to get that under control, yeah. you know, from that point of view. But that, that, you know, now now we've got MPS to the level we want. We're, we're looking at more, I guess, more of our Siam ecosystem type areas exactly. and, 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 and bouncing age tickets again, where things are, are, are bouncing between our, you know, our key focus areas for us. Yeah. Hey, just a quick question on the bouncing. Have you seen that, that the channel where the tickets are coming has an effect on it? Is it email or portal or, or you know, phone call? Um, honestly, that. we haven't really looked at it from that point of view. It's it, it, it's our journey with Happy Signals as a product that hasn't got us to that level yet. Honestly, yeah. we're not looking too hard uh, at where the tickets are coming in at the moment, but they that you know the, the service provider deals with the, you know eighty ninety percent of first contact. We've got a, we're, we're very happy with that. So it, it's it, it it tends to be the tickets where we're not sure how to fix it. Almost it almost inevitably, I guess, with their bouncing. But I, I, I don't think we particularly noticed any trends in terms of. Yeah. I actually you know, checked entry a little point. bit, and I, and I saw that 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 many of the tickets are coming through the portal. And then you have all these possibilities to actually automate stuff. If it would be coming through phone or email, then it's a little bit more difficult to get rid of this bounce. Yeah, I think what we've done, though, we, we have seen, we have done a lot of analysis on the end point of the ticket. So which teams are resolving, in the end, resolving the issues that have bounced five times, 10 times, or whatever the number might be. And we're starting at that point. How do we get, the, how do we get that issue to that place first time? Um, it's a lot to do, but, um, but we are making grounds on that one, yeah. And then, then there are something that's the, that you couldn't quite let go of. So change uh, packaging deployment, first-time resolution type of thing. So. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's interesting. I've changed my mind a bit on first-time resolution because it, it, it's, it's been more useful than I thought it was going to be, honestly, because I, I originally thought, well, if the customer is happy... Then it doesn't really matter, honestly, where it gets resolved. And I still do believe that, but it's been interesting as we've been working with some of the microservices almost within our or, or looking at specific locations in the world where the MPS yeah. hasn't been as good. We have focused back on that and looked and there generally is a correlation, unsurprisingly, back to you know the you know the the good information Happy Signals gives us around the the hops and the the, the reduction in MPS. We have been able to laser in on specific areas and say, well, why is your MPS not as good? And actually, well yes, because you're not resolving the tickets at first point yeah. like the other areas are. So, it, so it's, it's useful. It, it is easy to look at, you know, when you start looking at the employee happiness and you get the numbers in, that nothing else matters, right? That, mm. that it's speed, it's communication, it's accuracy. Um, but we know that those hops, you know, when you don't first time fix it, the, the, the happiness goes down. We know that now, we can yeah. see that. 
But there's, there's the other side of that, which is every ticket that moves to another team costs the company more to handle in the end, um, as another set of eyes have to look at it and probably pass it back to where it started. You know, so so we, you know, that one, a lot of these are, when you look at the old metrics that we had before and still have to some degree today, they are supportive of the employee happiness. You can't, you can't drop them all. It's still operational performance that you need to measure. Uh, they, they support employee happiness. That's what we've finally seen <laughs> I think, yeah, we, I think. Yeah, we totally agree we sometimes we kind of you know be kind of blunt that you know just forget the slas but it's not really it's it's uh, just no, just no. to kind of wake up people up that okay start thinking about what else can it be and then when you have like like what, what we call like, like leading indicators like happiness mm. and stuff then you have these supporting indicators that actually start to give you the root cause yeah and then you start, and how do you yeah. how do you measure things that, that that improve those factors that you're hearing about yes that's exactly. the key Exactly. And then you have like a lot of good tools that you can put like, okay, seems like people are unhappy with the, with the laptops. Like you said, you know, what if you, you do automation there, you start fixing things there. You, you kind of need to still have a leading thing that, okay, there is an issue there. And then you use these, yeah. these things to actually start fixing small things. Like you said earlier already, like, like many things that you need to need to touch to, to, uh, yeah, make an impact. All right. The results, um, about the, yeah. yeah, so so so, so, we, so we transitioned over to our, our new service provider at the end of January, um, and and as you know, as you can see from the MPS, we had a we had a um, a turbulent few months following the transition, um, but you know, and you know, and we and that, and that's actually coincided as with us going into what we call a virtual office environment. You know, yes. with with pretty much every employee working from home, um, so we had a perfect storm from that point of view. Um, you know, uh, you know and, and, and we implemented a, you know, a, v- a very aggressive, very focused, you know, performance improvement plan um, with our vendor, which in- in- involved working round the clock, three meetings a day. Um, our primary focus started with reducing a backlog of tickets, which is something Mark Mark talked about in his area before. You know, we got that under control first, and that's why we saw a dip in NPS in March because we started fixing old tickets. Inevitably, people weren't very happy with the performance and, and then once we got the old tickets under control we really pivoted to focusing on you know it was literally three times a day us and the service provider reviewing the reviewing the feedbacks in happy signals yeah. and working on a you know service tower by tower basis looking at well you know what processes can we improve what do we need to do with the people around training performance management um, and we and we actually used it really positively to look at some of the tools we've been using for years around. Well, you know, why, why is that tool causing a lower NPS? It could be things like nobody realised that it was with somebody else for approval, and we're giving us a low score. Yeah. So we, you know, we made it clear to people via automated emails: this is with X person, not our service provider, and, and it really helped surface that. And you know, and, and we worked through that. We're probably probably working meeting three times a day till about June. Actually, we ran it for quite a long period of time to really kind of make sure the system was was as efficient as possible. Yeah. And since then, we've you know we still we still have daily calls. You know, and our service providers now got a very robust process in place around MPS. So every detractor is 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 analysed. Yeah. And 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 you know, and we we've seen that continuous improvement over time. And you know, we actually hit um. For a couple of days in October, we were at plus ninety-one, you know, on this service from an NPS point of view, you know. So we were extremely happy, yeah. you know, with that level of performance. And I think this really highlights that you know there are things that happen. I mean, for you, it was like two things 
external things like changing the provider, but then also the pandemic, both hitting the same same yeah. moment. And then you need to start dealing with. So how do you focus? Like what is the you know first thing that we need to fix? So yeah, yeah. So I also I I pulled in these these statistics from from our tool. So this really directly showing it from the tool how that dip happened. So where it kind of went below. So like like you said, you you had the day when it was like plus ninety. You know it it also went to plus thirty at some point. Uh, and that's that's always you know you need to understand that, okay, now it's there because that's the only way that you can then start to improve it. It wasn't probably that, that you know, probably it felt bad at that point or how did it feel when you saw saw the graphs go down? Yeah, but I th- I th- the, the, the crash wasn't so bad actually because we yeah. knew why it was happening. Yeah. If you see what I mean, you know, exactly. so, you know so, so, we, so we knew it was going to get to that point. Yeah. Uh, it was probably more depressing the month before when we were, you know, we were seeing that, you know, we were, you know, hitting 50s, 60s and, yeah. you know, and, and it was, it was, you know, it was very variable, yeah. you know, on the, on the chart and, you know, and it was, you know, very grim reading, yeah. you know, from that point of view. Exactly. And I wanted to highlight here also the, the lost time. So like we said, we, we measure these two things, happiness and productivity. And many times we, we do say to people, okay, just focus on the happiness. And I wanted to take this graph here because it, it kind of highlights how they, kind of go hand in hand. Uh, have you started, or what is your plan of, of using actually the, the productivity numbers from Happy Signals? Any plans or, or how do you use them today? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've just started using it. I mean, like we talked about a couple of minutes ago, we're primarily using it at the moment to, to in, in through the bounce tickets lens. Yeah. In terms of, um, and actually did a town hall um, yesterday where we talked about this and we, you know, we're, t- we're talking about the fact that, that the MPS, when our internal service providers get involved is not as good or no, nowhere near as good. It's kind of 30 or 40 points lower, actually, yeah, yeah. you know, when, when we've got an internal service provider involved. Yeah. So, so yes. So, so, so that's where we're focusing on it at the moment. Honestly, we're not, we're not doing as much as we should be on the lost time. That is something we need to pivot to in 2021, I think around are there particular ticket types that are, that are causing lost time, you know, you know, are there particular groups involved in the resolution yeah. and that kind of thing? Cause yeah, th- th- there is a, a substantial amount of information. I think we've got available to us that we are not getting the best of at the moment. Yeah. I think there's two ways that we have seen, seen customers using it. One is like, like we have here another graphs of the, of the ticket bounce. How, what was it in February, March? You can see that, okay. Like some of the, we couldn't even know, how many bounces there were? There, it, you know, the data wasn't coming from the from the uh, platform, um, and then you can see that okay, you know, they were like a lot of them had multiple bounces compared to now September November when you can see that that the kind of the journey that you guys started it has started to you know being being realized. So you know, on the zero bounce, there's most of those tickets, and you can see that the NPS is plus ninety, like you just said. Then usually when it starts yeah. bouncing, it, it means that it okay, then it kind of goes to these second and third level teams. And you know, it starts to take time, you know, uh, it, it and it starts to appear also on the productivity, which is at the bottom. So mm. there's kind of two they ways to use well, this. They correlate, don't they? You can yeah. see how they correlate very, yeah. very closely. There's kind of two ways that you can use this. You can either use it to kind of justify your investments for the automation. That hey, it also has this like when you talk, especially when you're talking to the business stakeholders, but also then 
not on this bounces, but if you look at overall, that we have services where people are almost as happy with. The one that they, they report that they're losing more time is basically more business critical for the people. So they're still like, you know, they, they understand the service, they're happy for it, but they just say that I, I'm just losing time because of this service. It might be another service that doesn't really affect my job, so I'm not reporting that I'm losing that much time on it. So those are, I think, the, the good things where to start with is to start looking at those numbers from, from your tool. Where do you have like those big, like a really big ones? Yeah. And then, then see that, okay, are we able to maybe get those back to the same level as, as the other ones? Yeah. yeah. And the last graph I wanted to do is, is like highlight what people are saying. Because I think that you had those pain points. One was this, this slowness, you know, takes too much time. There's this backlog. It's slow. Uh, we can see that the, the big number was your number in February, March. So 61% people are saying that it's slow. And our benchmark is the small number. So with our other customers, 42% of people are saying it's slow. It's, it's always almost the, the most, you know, common reason for being unhappy with, with the service. The other thing that, that yeah. you mentioned was this communication, like from the beginning, during, and in the end, you know, they were almost double compared to our benchmark, like 31% saying that, that I wasn't informed about the progress when it's usually 16% with our customers. If we now compare to September and November, I mean, you guys have made incredible results. I mean, the, the service was slow, has reduced from 61% to 39%. Only 39% now say that it's, it's too slow. So definitely what you are doing is is leading to the how people perceive this. And you and this really isn't like process time. It's not like there's a stopwatch somewhere in service now that it's you know stops and stops when, when the ticket is resolved. It's the perception of the end user. And it's yep. it's a really difficult thing to, to change. Um, and and like you said, it's not easy, but you have done it. And that's that's one thing we did in, in the area I was in um, up to about five months ago. We we made a big point of saying you can't stop the clock (laughs) because you're right. You know, the, the end user, the employee, you know, their, their problem still exists or their request still exists. So the stop doesn't, the clock doesn't stop for them. Um, So we made a point of saying, we don't want it to stop for our support teams either. Even weekends. Nope. The the clock is the clock. Um, And that made a big, you can see the big difference here. I think that's similar in the, in the end user computer. Yeah. And I guess some people call it the SLA games. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, yeah, you know, stop the clock and I can pause states, the, Then it yeah. stops. And yeah, yeah. yeah and then, but suddenly you're right. Then you go back to those beautiful watermelon reports, yes. right? That all look green because you've achieved within four hours when really it was two hours of work, four hours of work over three weeks. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the second one was this I wasn't informed about the progress. It used to be like every third person said that. And now it's mm. not even every fifth person that is saying that I wasn't informed. So clearly, now, as an, as an IT organization, you are communi- communicating to the end users. And I think that's really, you know, talk about any customer service. As long as you communicate, people then understand, okay, you're working on it, all right, I get it. So, and, and people feel that, okay, you're trying to help and you're letting them know what is happening. So, yeah, yeah we, we, have, we have found that some cases that might take five, six days, even longer to resolve, they still come back with a 10-point score because they were communicated well. Yes. You know, as long as you're letting people know what's going on, that, that's good enough sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Not always, yeah. but sometimes. And, and I think we've seen that benefit quite a lot in, a, in the number of escalated tickets we have because yeah. we, measure that, we measure that quite closely, particularly because it has a very negative impact on our internal service management team you know so we focus that 
on that heavily and the, the number of escalated tickets has gone down considerably and, and and historically most of the escalated tickets have been because the ticket disappears into a black hole yeah yeah nobody knows what's happening and they feel for it they feel obliged to escalate because they just don't know what's happening yeah so yeah that, that communication is you know is essential yep all right so i i think it's it has been a really interesting story so so what would you guys give the takeaways on uh, you know, if they, like you said like if if we just bored you now but then at least I mean, this, this <laughs> yeah so. this this um this tried to wrap up the the whole of the of the of the deck we did for itsm 2020 around you know that that how can i help really does does change the whole mindset of everyone involved in the in the service offering um we've we believe that by doing that, we've made it, you know, definitive, a nicer place to work for our employees from a support angle. You know, it, it is a cultural change. Um, we we do encourage people to ask that question as often as they can. Um, wear the t-shirts if you can get the t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, and like I said earlier, I this is hard work. It's not it's not something you can do in five minutes. You've got to be dedicated to it. Yeah. Um, we about, we went. What sorry. about uh, internally with with IT? Has it has it? Has the culture changed how how IT people feel about doing the IT work? I, I think so. I mean, we we've um, we started um, giving positive feedback. So so a lot of what we just talked about was sort of the detractors, the zero to six scores, but the nine and tens. When you start sharing that out with the service providers to say, look, some of your team's members are doing fantastic work, right? And yeah. one of our providers actually started doing a monthly. You know, this is the top scorer, the top scoring person in our group. And and if you saw a regular person being that way, then then I encourage them to start saying, well, what's different about Fred to to to, to all the others? Why why does Fred or Joe get all these great scores when you know what are they doing differently? What can we learn from them? And they can become sort of happiness champions in their group. So we 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 definitely did some of that um, yeah. with with some of our external service and providers. A good tip actually is that that sometimes we see that service provider create us like these leaderboards of kind of like yeah. like a negative yeah. leaderboards. When you can yeah. create a positive leaderboard, because there's these exactly. factors like yeah. like service personalized attitude and skills. What if you only take those and the positive feedback? Who has got the most mentions on those? Mm. Exactly, and we, and we did we did some of that. And the live boards that you can do in Happy Signals yeah. really do yeah. bring back real world stuff to the people doing the work, and and that that is helpful too. So, like I mentioned earlier, being bold um, was was key. We we can't we 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 refuse to accept that we've always done it that way anymore. Uh, we ignore the stuff we can't we can't change to some degree, and we have stopped these ten percent five percent targets. We aim high, very very high every single time now. And even if we don't hit it, so what? Better to aim really high and nearly get there than aim low and smash it. Yeah. Um, we we changed when we were changing things. We made sure we communicated very well. These working groups come in really really handy. These small groups of sort of up to 10 people of, of, across uh, company wide and and that helps so that they know what's coming and why we're doing it and finally um don't stop i mean we you've seen some of the numbers that we've seen we've showed you and we could have stopped when we had how our sort of target you know that 68 points whatever the mps uh, target was we we don't see that as the as a stopping point we see it as you know there's more to do right we can go much higher and we have gone much higher than that we will continue to do that so um i think neville would agree that it is it is getting very very better you know much much better than what it was before um and and we and we are getting happier employees now because of the stuff that we've just showed you and and implementing that just asking that question yeah and and 
and it and, and it is it's a continual journey where you know you, you're right we're not we're not stopping but you, you you can't afford to stop and i think you know that mark you mentioned you know that you're ordering something in your home hmm. yeah and, and you expect that service that's what people expect in work now yes. and yeah. we've got to continually adapt to that you know we've got to provide the best possible facility for people to get help and 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 you know stabilizing the service and that's what i talk about internally is where we are we've stabilized to a high mps score but we've got a lot of work to do to you know to, to automate to self-heal to provide different channels for our users to to get support wherever they are you know there's a lot more we've got to do yeah you know and and we're, we're, we're fortunate with our service provider that they're, they're they're on board with that you know and it's very much partnership from that point of view yeah exactly i think that's really the key point to have you have your you know have your vendors and your partners working with you uh, and really having the, the same goal and the same same attitude hey, exactly. thanks guys and uh, you can see your your email addresses there so if somebody wants to contact it's probably okay to ask ask uh, more questions directly from you guys sure as well. yeah. absolutely yep. so I thank you for your time uh, I love the story and uh, I hope Maybe next year, you know, uh, you keep continuing, but hopefully we don't have a, as as hard year as we had had uh, the 2020. So, thank you, guys. Indeed. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you.